Welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Sarah Severson. And I'm Tom Yoder. We are the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. The story you're about to hear was told by Jody Furtney in February at the Durango Arts Center and Sunflower Theater when the theme was love. Jody is a Colorado native raised on a cattle ranch in Craig and was subsequently compromised by a liberal arts degree from the University of Colorado and marriage to Seth, her Boulder-based college sweetheart. Jody is torn between her career as a mortgage banking executive and bike packing. She has bike-splored many magical places and crossed paths with scores of intensely interesting people across this glorious planet. She lives and loves deeply in Durango, Colorado. Here's Jody's story. It was June 14th, 2008, and by that, that evening, my husband and I would be on a flight for life, his life hanging in the balance. Literally, he was on the bed of banks of the river sticks. It had been this beautiful day. We were mountain biking on Hermosa Creek Trail, and the lupine were tall and purple. The creek was babbling. And there was the scent of pine that only spring brings. I was, we were with friends. It was just this wonderful day. But, and I, at the end, I was dawdling, as I normally do. I didn't want the day to end. And as I came down the road around a left-hand bend, I came upon a scene that is seared into my brain. My husband was sitting, laying on the ground. His arm was pushed back at a very unnatural angle. His bike was in pieces beside him. The dust was just settling on the Jeep with its smashed window. We, I screamed. I didn't know what else to do. And the universe sent these angels We were in the middle of nowhere, and these two people materialized out of the woods. And they got him breathing, they got him stabilized. But up in Denver, they didn't give him very good chances. The doctors said it would be a 50-50 chance. And all I heard was, beyond this place, there'd be dragons. (laughs) We met in 1988. (laughs) He walked into French class when he had these blue OP corduroy shorts, and he had (laughs) motorcycle helmet and a black leather jacket, and I fell in love. I mean, I was, you know, but he thought I was too well-coiffed for him. You know, he he was kind of a bad boy, and... But we ended up getting um, put together in a skit, and we actually ended up playing husband and wife in the skit. And... Um, so one evening, he was over at my dorm, and we were studying for the skit, and uh, he said, hey, let's go across to Basemar Shopping Center, and um, let's uh, have a picnic. And I said, oh, that sounds fun, you know, and it's a snowy night. And we go across, we buy some eggnog and cheese, and then he says, hey, why don't we shimmy up this, the back of this building on this drain pipe and go have this picnic up on the top? 
And I'm thinking, okay, you know, but I'm like, I'm a ranch girl, I can do this. So I shimmy up and, you know, we have this amazing picnic and you can see the lights of Boulder, Colorado out. And it was this, and the snow was falling. It was a, it was a wonderful experience. But he told me later that that was a test. And uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that the trajectory of my life really depended on climbing a drain pipe, but... <laughs> There it is. <laughs> One of the reasons I'm up here talking with you fine folks. After college, we moved to California, and we, uh, you know, got into. I was uh, had a career in mortgage banking. He was doing some stuff with the um, the government, and um, we were we really got into whitewater kayaking. And we decided not to have kids. That was probably a harder thing for our mothers than it really was for us, but. Um, we, uh, you know, we, we, we were living the dream, so to speak, in California, but I was feeling very stressed out. I had this really, you know, uh, job that where uh, there was a lot of stress going on. It was, you know, kind of a high-powered exec job. And I just, you know, by 30, I, I, was, I had my first midlife crisis. And I just said, I'm done. And my, my family thought I'd you know, lost my senses. My friends certainly thought I lost my senses, but they always think I've lost my senses anyway. And uh, so I decide to bicycle from Eugene, Oregon to um, uh, Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And I was wanted to do it all by myself. Seth had to work, so he couldn't come with me. And he, but you know, he was the one that was like right there with me. He helped me figure out how to, um, uh, you know, fix my bicycle and change my tires and do all these things. And he was just right there with me. And, and so I got up to Eugene, Oregon. I took a bus up to Eugene, Oregon. And I basically um, got the bike ready. And it, the first day was just like this feeling of empowerment. Like I was under my own power and I was going on this great adventure. And, um, you know, it was like a woman traveling alone like that, you know, and this was 30 years ago, that was, it, it was really like people just like held me, you know, like everywhere I went, every campground I went to, everybody wanted to have dinner with me and stuff like this. But there was this one night, and it actually ended up being on my 30th birthday, um, where I was in Montana and I was, I was camped out and there was some people running around and they were drunk and I was kind of worried. And so I had my little Swiss army knife in my hand and I was ready to like attack them if they had came into my tent and I woke up the next morning like it was four in the morning so I hadn't slept really that much and I was mad because I felt like this was a really bad omen for my first midlife crisis and I was just like you know I, I mean what is this I'm 30 and these people like almost ruined my birthday and I buy I pack up my stuff and I bike to the nearest phone and I call Seth and I'm blubbering, you know, I'm, I'm like, come and get me, I can't do this. And he just listened to me, and he said, the fact of the matter is, this trip is not ending in Montana. I've got a map in my office, I've been pinning your progress, all of my coworkers, all of our friends know where you're at, and you are gonna finish this trip. And I really appreciated that he did that. Um, because it, it really forced me to kind of get through a, a really tough time. A couple years later, we had an, I had another midlife crisis. We kind of both did, actually. It was kind of fun. Um, <laughs> it, was, 
it was the dot-com bust in 2000. So we were both working the, you know, the doing the dot-com thing, and we both ended up kind of crashed on the beach. Our, the companies we were working for both went imploded about the same time, which was actually awesome because we had this, I had had this trip to Ecuador planned, and we were taking our kayaks. So we just extended that to be a six-month um, trip. And we basically took our kayaks, and we you know, went down the spine of the Andes. Um, hiking and trekking, clear down, and kayaking, clear down to Patagonia. And uh, <clears throat> so there's this one uh, little town in Pucan, Chile. And we had uh, decided we wanted to do this pretty hard ri uh, river. It was called Las, Cas Las Cascadas. And it was a series of waterfalls that ended in, you know, it was like successively bigger waterfalls until you got to like about a two-story waterfall. And uh, I ha we had hired a guide to go with us because, um, you know, you need a guide for some of that kind of stuff. And so we were on this river, and it was great, actually. It was an awesome kind of river. But where there was this one rapid where it was like, you know, we, had, we were in an eddy, and it was like bucking, and, you know, uh, because the eddy was very violent, and it was sheer cliffs. And we were basically um, listening to this little Chileno guide, and he's just babbling away in Spanish, and we don't really speak Spanish that well, and you know, and so you're just like, oh my god! And uh, he like peels out and gets uh, goes down the rapid, and I was I looked at Seth and I was like, holy shit! Did you hear what he said? What did he say? How, how do you run this rapid? And Seth's like, I don't know. And so I peel out, and with you know a little bit of skill and a shitload of luck, basically didn't kill myself going down this river or him or him. But at the end of that, um, basically that river, we were sitting in Pucan in an outdoor cafe, and it was, I just had mainlined adrenaline, basically, you know, and I, like everything was like really intense. And uh, the, there was this big volcano that's right outside of town, snow-capped, and I mean, you could see it, and you could hear all the people like around, and, and it was just, it was amazing. But back at the hospital, They've now moved us to what's called a long-term acute care hospital. It's an LTAC, they call it. And it's a place where they send people to die slowly and badly in a lot of cases. And Seth's not responding. And I don't know what to do. And I just decide that I'm going to channel that Pukan immortality. And I'm going to scream that his life is not ending like this in Denver, Colorado. And then the occupational therapist says, you know, I'm going to try something a little bit different. I'm, I'm going to get him to see if he'll hum. And she goes over to Seth and she says, okay, Seth, I want you to hum for me. And then he starts humming. And then words come. And then sentences and paragraphs and stories. And... It, it really was amazing. On my 40th birthday, we went to the, the doctor. He, you know, we're still in the hospital. So, so um, he goes to the orthopedic surgeon and basically takes x-rays and because he's not weight-bearing yet. And the doctor's like, he, you know, he's healed. And we walked out of that hospital. We didn't roll out. We didn't crawl out. We walked out of that hospital. In the quiet light of the mornings, I like to trace his scars. They remind me 
of the rivers and paths that we've traversed to be in this time and this place and the incredible love story that runs through it. Thank you. Thank you, Jody, for sharing that story. To pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives event, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. A list of our live storytelling events in 2019 is also on our website on the events page. Subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and share these stories with your friends. If a particular story makes you laugh, cry, or look at your world with a little bit more clarity, please leave a comment and let us know. Big thanks to our photographer, McCarson Lee of Red Scarf Shots. Check out the portraits of our storytellers on the gallery page of the Raven Narratives website, and be sure to visit her website at redscarfshots.com. And thanks to our fiscal nonprofit sponsor, Mancus Valley Resources. Find out more about the wonderful projects they support in the Mancus Valley of Colorado at mancusvalleyresources.com. The website for buying Raven Narratives tickets, ravennarrativestickets.org, was created by Cortez Web Services. Check out how they can help your business online at cortezweb.com. And our theme music was written and composed by Mo Cooley and performed by Mo and the Motones. Find out more about their music on the Motones Facebook page. That's M-O-E Tones on Facebook. Now for an outtake. (laughs) Okay, ready? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) So nervous, I don't want to rattle the paper. I know. know You know how I get. I know. I know. I saw you. You were being very careful earlier. I was being super careful. I'm ready to pounce on you. I know. At any moment that I maybe you've learned your lesson. I know. (laughs) Over the last three and a half years, I have a lot of scars, like actual physical scars. Like I have paper cuts from you. The thing is, Sarah, we don't want anyone to know that there's paper. <laughs> that we don't we're just saying we're just saying it perfectly. and it's coming right out of us just because <laughs> <laughs> oh a peek behind the curtain it's so yeah, it's tough uh, okay ready yep <laughs>